We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. And it's because the subject matter that we are talking about is of utmost seriousness. It's not just a sermon, like I said. It's not a, uh, oh, this was a nice one. I like this. This is a, um, is a principle to keep in your, in your life going forward that you don't forget it. And the best way to not forget something is to take notes. So I encourage you to um, at least some mental notes, but usually those don't work. So take some kind of notes so that you can apply what you hear today. I'm not necessarily a teacher. I'm a preacher. I'm an encourager. Um, but you might hear some things today that a teacher would tell you to write down. I think it would be important for you because we know the struggle is real. We know the weapons we have at our access and uh, to excess. And the reason for this series is because we want to see freedom like we've not seen before in our marriages. We want to see freedom in our relationships. I, or I, I want you to see freedom in this, and I want this too. And I want us to see freedom in our relationship with Jesus. And I want us to see freedom like we've not experienced before in our worship. Worship is not thir- thir- 20 minutes on Sunday morning. Worship is your lifestyle, that you would have a, 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 a lightness in your walk, but not just a lightness, but a strength in your walk and a power in your walk. And um, it comes, the more that you are freed up from all of our stuff, right? The more you're freed up, the more you can walk. And the more you can and do what God and engage in what God's called you to do and enjoy a life with Christ because it's supposed to be fun. I've I've tried to instill that into my kids that Jesus and church and God are not boring. It's it's the the problem is this is not part of this, but the problem is. You're boring if you're, I I took that from someone. Everything is taken from somewhere at some point. But the problem is you're boring. If you think that God is boring, it's, no, it's, I can tell you for sure. I could find verses to explain it, but I don't even have to. I, I know God's not boring. He's the creator. He created me, created the earth. He created it. He created these mountains, right? He's not boring. You're the one that, if you feel like your walk with Jesus, I just don't really enjoy it. It's just like this extra thing I do. If that's what it is to you, then there's something wrong with you. It's not with God. Um, freedom in our walks. We need freedom in our walks. Um, I debated the content of what I'm going to talk about today because I know there's maybe 45 times that I get in before you, maybe less on, on a, on a, in a year that I get before you because other things happen and other people speak. And, um, and then... T- Half of those, some of you don't even come because you're, um, I don't know, I, that th- maybe you're sick or whatever. But there's a, So I might only get 20 chances with some, some of you to talk, and I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste an opportunity. That was kind of a word that happened last week, and it, st- it stayed, I, I feel it today. I haven't had it written down. Don't waste a moment, but I feel this is so important. It is critical. It is timely that I share with my church family on this subject of strong 
strongholds that we clearly unmask who is behind the the strongholds in our life really quickly. A stronghold is something that builds up over time and you don't even know it's there. And before you know it, it's got you in bondage. It may not be something that's super evil that you even realize is evil. It may be pretty innocent seeming, but it could keep you and distract you from uh, living in freedom. And um, I feel like we need to just talk a little bit about who is helping these strongholds get built in your life. Because yes, you are a pretty bad person. I wanted to encourage you today, my brother. You are a pretty bad person. Yes, you are. Yes, your flesh is bad. Yes, you might have been a pastor's kid, but you're a bad kid. You're still a bad kid because then you were born, you were born into sin. Yes, there is a badness to us. And a lot of times it's our fault, Joe, isn't it? It's just our stupid fault that we do stupid things. But sometimes our flesh gets better and we start to let the spirit be stronger in us. And then that's when the enemy gets afraid. He's like, oh, my gosh. It's not just their flesh that's messing with them now. It's the Holy Spirit is inside of them. And he's starting to do something. And I don't like the Holy Spirit. I don't like what he does because I'm scared of him. This is the enemy talking, okay? This is not me talking. Don't quote that one. Don't take that one and say, he said he doesn't like the Holy Spirit. No. It's the enemy so I want to cover it just as it says in Ephesians 6, what the powers of this dark world are. And I want you to look at this scripture on the screen. Maybe say it with me. Seth, would you say it with me? Maybe just me and Seth. We'll say it together. Just the two of us, okay? It says, for our struggle. Let's all say it together because he did a horrible. I couldn't even hear him already. I gave him three words. and I, Yeah, just kidding. Everybody say this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Everybody change. Let me just stop there. For our struggle is not against Seth. It's not against people. It's not against your boss. It's not against your teacher. It's not against your parents. It's not against your kids. Okay, flesh and blood. All right, but. Okay, we're going to but, everyone. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces and the heavenly Evil in the heavenly realms. Good job, guys. The last thing I want to do, I told you this already, is to glorify the demonic forces that are out there. But the Holy Spirit impressed on me that we need to be careful to identify their tactics and not be deceived by them. Or here's another word I want to use that you wouldn't usually relate with the enemy. I don't want you to be romanticized. By the devil, and it's perfect with Halloween. I'm not talking against Halloween today. I'm not talking for it in case you're not for it or against it. I'm in the middle, okay. Or I'm not in the middle. I'm on one side. Okay. I'm not talking. We get romanticized by the devil without even realizing it. Now, the devil or the enemy or the spirits or the demons would never woo me because I don't like them. I'm, I'm scared of them. You know, if Christians understood, if we, how many would agree that if we would know what the devil really looks like, if Christians would understand the devil's true influence in this world, that they would be, um, they would be uh, l probably more scared. I guess don't answer that. I guess I, would, I shouldn't say that, but. How many think, let me say it like this. How many would agree that it would be much too easy to say no to the devil or to what his spirits influence us to do if we, 
if he and his demons look like what most Christians think they look like. We think the demons, the devil, is this red character cartoon with a tail and a pitchfork and horns. I don't believe he's probably got any of those things. The Bible calls the devil, Lucifer, beautiful. He calls him the angel of light. He calls him the deceiver of this world. And we think he's quite harmless at times, and he's not. I have news for you today, and I want to title this message, Behind the Scenes, parenthesis of your strongholds, parenthesis behind the scenes. Would you pray? Lord, thank you for this time we have together. I pray that this would only help us to realize that the real work that's going on behind the scenes that is important is what you've done and what you've already done for us and what you continue to do in our lives. But Lord, let us be open, our eyes be open to see the way you see, that we would be victorious, that we would be dangerous. I pray that there would be a young man and young woman, an old man and an old woman, all of you changed and become dangerous, become deputized, become full of authority in what they know they have in Jesus. Amen. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to Go to a TV show. Has anyone ever gone to a, like a sitcom TV show? I know you live in Colorado Springs. Maybe you used to live in Southern California. Anyone? Anyone in the room? In, Cal in California, um, where we, we lived, um, we lived about 40 minutes from this, all, this, all the studios, right? And in college, Cynthia and I started figuring out that if you brought people, like you go to the, it sounds fun to go see a, video, a TV show being filmed. I'm going to explain to you. It's not as romantic as it might, you, might, you, you might think. And we found out that if you, we can get 50 people to go with us to go see the, the, movie, the TV show, we will get paid. And so we started taking groups. Uh, hey, you guys want to go see this TV show? It's going to be really great. It's so fun. What's the name of it? I don't know the name. It's, it's not really in, in production yet, but you'll, you'll let, you know. And sometimes it was something that everyone had heard. Oh, sounds so fun. So we'd all go get in a, not a bus, but people get in their cars. We go down to Hollywood. We get to the studio. We go through the pearly gates of the studio. It was really exciting. People are pushing lights around, and you might see a glimpse of a movie star probably hardly never, and with his entourage and his sunglasses. You might see a set. You might see inside one of the movie sets, and you'd be like, wow, this is so cool. You see fancy cars. You see people with clipboards looking important, and they're making nothing because they want to become movie stars, so they'll do whatever they tell them to do. And then you get to the studio where the hanging with Mr. Cooper is going to be. That was the last time I think I went, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that one, but um, we also saw some great, what was the one that we saw last, the Austin and Alley, that was pretty, uh, pretty cool. But for the most part, they're not cool. You go into this studio, you open the door, and it's dark, and there's about 200 seats, so probably less than what you even see in this room. And you're like, seriously? And it's dark and it's cold and you sit down and a 30-minute show takes about three to seven hours, painstaking hours, just sitting there watching them. Cut! 
do that again, cut, do that again. And you have no idea what's going on on the TV show. And the, the, the producer will get up every little bit and say, everyone, we really need you to laugh. This is really funny. Could you please laugh? Everybody, let's practice laughing. And everyone's like, <laughs> and you're trying to laugh. And, and oh, please clap when you like a scene, you clap. And it's, it's not exactly what it's cracked up to be, and the, and the actors are upset because they messed up, and, the, and they keep telling them to do it over again, and they don't look enthused, and it's, it's behind the scenes of a TV show isn't as exciting as you think, and let me just go one step further. I don't know, anyone watch The Price is Right? The Price is Right, we've been to that many times, and they have the smallest studio you would not believe it looks like they show the crowd ah, the, all over the place. This, the studio was like this front, this front section of our room. It is the smallest place, and the, it just make everything looks bigger in Hollywood. And I would say to you this, as soon as I <laughs> turn this page, it's my transition sentence, and it's important. It says, I can't help but compare in some ways the Hollywood behind the scenes to the deceit the enemy has over people. Sin can seem so enjoyable, can it? Don't, don't say amen because you don't want someone to hear, oh my gosh, you think sin is enjoyable? It's not. It's horrible. I hate sinning. Sin can seem so enticing. Sin can seem so romantic, so Hollywood. You might even fool yourself into believing that it's actually, oh, this is going to help me in my life, or I deserve this, or I need this, or God wants me. This happens. People think, you do this. God wants me to enjoy life. This, I, I should do this. A stronghold, though, that's a stronghold, too, and it can blind you from seeing what it really is and make you think you may be even doing something that's good, not me. Well, yes, we do it. Why do you do some of the things you do that are wrong? You don't even realize the sin that's behind it. You think you're in a glamorous Hollywood studio when in reality it's the pathetic, tiny soundstage or more accurately a web <laughs> really this is what it is it's a demonic web that's got you fooled lulled to sleep into thinking you're not you're you're not so bad when it's really quite i almost feel weird to say it because to say it what it is but it is quite demonic sin is demonic <laughs> is it is it not a sin is from god or from the devil um it's kind of from God. No, it's demonic. Sin is demonic. Any sin. Every sin is exactly the same. I mean, some sins have bigger consequences, but isn't all sin um, the same? It's sin is sin. So they're all, it's all demonic. Whatever it is that you might give into, Instead of it being enjoyable and, and enticing and romantic, the truth is it wrecks you. It leaves you in bondage. It gives you disease and sickness, and it curses you. It gives you depression. It makes you lonely. It paralyzes you with fear. It may even, the reality might be behind it that you feel like you're going to be killed by the enemy, or you're going to kill yourself, or you're haunted by this sin because it's demonic in our life. I've got to get to the first point here. I'm going to get to it right now. But Bill Johnson, I repeated this from a couple of weeks ago. I said, um, 
that at the heart, I have it written somewhere, humanity without Christ at the very center of what we do is demonic in nature. And the number one miscalculation, I want to, I this might be one to take notes on or remember. One, number one miscalculation about the devil and his spirits are they are not real. They're not real. They're a cartoon. They're made up. We talked about that already. The struggle is real. Just as the characteristic of a stronghold is that you don't know it's there, same with the enemy and his spirits. They're not just an innocent costumed holiday. They're not a fictional character. They're not a metaphor. The truth is the devil is a fallen angel. It's found in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, Job 38, and all through the revelation it's, it's there. The Bible talks about a war that happened in heaven. The devil wanted to be God. He wanted to be bigger, better than God. And he was cast to hell. He was actually cast to the earth with a third of his angels. I don't know how many that is, 100 million. I don't know if it's a 200 million. I don't know if it's a billion. But a lot of them all left with the devil. It's a true something that really happened. And Jesus even talks about it. I want you to look at it um, because you're like, oh, Jesus said it. So it must be some people are like that. And it, the Old Testament isn't enough for you. John, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. Jesus' friends, they were hanging out. I don't know if we have that scripture or not. And um, they were so excited that they had just prayed for people and they'd gotten healed and people had casted out demons. And they said, oh my gosh, Jesus, the 72 return Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus is like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Give me a hug. <laughs> Give me a hug, junior high girls. No, that's not what he did. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, you guys. In other words, of course his demons are going to listen to you. He was hurt. I saw it with my own eyes. He is below God. Of course they're going, you have the authority. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing, nothing, nothing will hurt you, I assume it says. Is there any more to that? It's fine just to stay with it. We'll harm you. No, I have given you the authority. Of course. Number two, another miscalculation about the devil and his spirits. They are not powerful. I want to look at just a little story, a real story, not a movie, not a made-up thing. Something happened in the Bible, all through the Bible. There's devils and demons, and it's pretty interesting. If you read it for yourself, you'll, you'll, you'll love some of the stories. And one of them... Um, explains how powerful that they truly are. The Bible calls Satan the god of this age, the ruler of this world, the prince of the power of the air. It says that the whole world lies under his sway. I would venture to say I believe that. The whole United States, at least, is under his sway. He seems to make everyone believe whatever he wants them to believe. But in Mark chapter 5, there was a story, a real-life horror story, a real-life terror story, a real-life... Uh, uh, something it's a, it's scary it says this and when he came out of the boat that's jesus immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit he was demon possessed who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And when they put the chains on him he'd pull them apart and the shackles would break in pieces Neither could anyone tame this. He was like a wild animal. And Jesus meets him one day. 
Before we go on, you can see a number of things right there that are very true about the demonic world and what they are, and they're still around today, and that is this. They tell us that demons, this scripture tells us demons can influence people. This was a person. You'll see later that he completely is released of this spirit, and he's a normal person. But you can be influenced, you can be possessed, oppressed, possessed, obsessed, however you want to call it. The devil, devils can do that more often than we realize, and I don't want to scare you. And I really don't believe that, oh, is there one under there? Is there, where are they? I think they're long away from this room today. But I think more often than we realize, they probably are around, and they influence things that happen and there's times that the holy spirit would impress on you take authority over this right now i don't know if you've ever been sometimes you'll go into a like a hotel room or something and you're just like this is weird or you go to, you know people say that about our town at times and that's true people say that about um uh you know just going into certain houses you just sense you know, I would like to believe that um, people would come into here, like we did at our school, you know, when we have our church services there. The kids would come in. They would sense there's a spirit there, but it would be the Holy Spirit, right? I would hope that wherever we walk, that God's presence goes with us. But I was saying that just to say that um, it's probably more real than we the real realize. And another thing that um, this passage already shows is that he was among the tombs. He was walking. He hung out in, in the graves. And... Um, a preoccupation with the dead is a demonic thing. I don't, I don't uh, want to make specifics there, but I think there's people that are fascinated with dead people, the dead, things like that. And I think that could give way, if we're not careful, if you're not alert, you could give away to, to uh, the enemy. Um, if you cross-reference the scripture, this is a story about the demoniac in the Generesserat or whatever the name of the town is, right? If you look at the same story, it's in Luke chapter 8 as well. It says that this man was also naked. And it gets very real here for you folks, all right? I'm not going to be explicit, but I'm going to get very real because I felt the spirit of God on this. And if anything else is not, I feel it's on everything, but this is <laughs> really gets real for some, some of you today. And um, it's nudity in those days and really in our day too is not um, the most acceptable thing. Um, a Hebrew, a, a Hebrew, would look at nudity as an abomination. This man is walking around naked, blatantly roaming naked. I believe this is a direct reference to how the demonic. And I don't preach like this all the time, but this is this is an opportunity to bring something up. The demonic exploits immorality. In our day. In this United States that we live in, immorality comes in many forms. But one that's very real is pornography, is, is um, that whole world. Every man, I don't know if every woman, but I believe everyone has almost um, succumbed to or um, been tempted by this kind of immorality because it's everywhere and it's at our fingertips now. I'm not calling out anyone. I'm not going to have you stand. But I want you to hear today that um, I believe this is a demonic attack on America. Pornography is demonic. It has presented itself here in the Word, and I want to talk about it. It's not entertainment. 
It's not a glorifying God's body that he created. It's not an admiration of God's creation. However, people want to twist it or frame it or romanticize it. Oh, this is not so bad. Pornography at its very, not just at its core, but just at, the, at its top is, 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 is demonic. It's uh, behind the scenes of pornography, the un ugly underbelly of the sin is the fact that you are opening the door to the demonic when you look at it, when you dabble in it, when you're a part of it, when you in it. consider it. Because what comes with pornography is a bondage, an immediate bondage. Where does this come from? I believe that there are demons working overtime just with this sin. And they immediately attach to wherever that pornography is seen. I've seen it. It immediately attaches to you. You've, you can't, it's like a chain. It's demonic. And when you look at it, when you think about it, when you dabble in it, you open yourself and you welcome spiritual chains to accompany. Well, I would like some spiritual chains in my life, would you? We would never say that, but that's what it does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also say that other sins do that too, so don't think, well, I'm good because I don't... I'm not part of that one. They will. You may welcome spiritual chains without even knowing it. This may help you next time you consider this perversion to call it for what it is. It's not beautiful. It's a perversion. I think that would be a way to combat that, that in some people's lives in this room. If you just realize that, that how ugly it truly is, you would say, well, I would never, um, hey, you guys want to come over tonight and let's play with the Ouija board, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a seance, and we're going to light candles. We're going to invite the devil into our house. Well, no, thank you. I don't do that. I would never do that. I don't want to make fun of that. You know, it's, not, it's serious, but we, often, most of us would say, no, I don't want to be. That's witchcraft. I would never do that. But the angel of light, the beautiful, uh, the, the, the god of this world, the ruler of the darkness of this world that sways the world with his, with his ways will make you think it's not witchcraft. And you would, of course, never invite a Ouija board into your house, but we invite pornography into our lives often. I mean, some people do. Not, you know, some, it happens. And be careful because there's a bondage that comes with that. And the, God would say to you, Jesus would say to you, as we talked about two or three weeks ago, are you blind? He was talking to his disciples. Are you, are you blind? <laughs> Receive your sight. Do you not see what I see? Receive your sight. For that matter, any sin can give place to the demonic. I told you I was going to convict everyone else too. Any sin can give place to the demonic. Don't let the stronghold. You remember we talked to the stronghold. Please stay with me. Stay, stay, stay. We're almost finished. A stronghold is built by believing lies, believing lies, believing lies, believing lies, and believe it before you know it. It's true. It's the, all these things you believe now are true. They're not lies anymore. They're these, these, um, these um, sin can give place to the demonic because the strongholds fool you into partaking in them. And number three, this is the last miscalculation, gross miscalculation that we have about devils and its 
the devil and his spirits. They don't mess with Christians. Thank goodness. They won't mess with me. Well, they don't mess with some Christians because maybe you're not a Christian, you know, right? Or maybe you're not living like a Christian. They don't have to worry about you. They only, only 100,000 of them or whatever. They have other people they need to mess with. They mess with Christians. Let me tell you one particular Christian. He was a really good Christian, one of the best Christians. In fact, the best Christian that ever lived. His name was Jesus. I guess he was a Christian, right? He's a Christ. He's Christ. And it says in Mark chapter 5, after the demons, uh, after that demonic thing happened, it says when Jesus was from afar, when the demons saw him, he ran up and worshipped him. Verse 6 and verse 7, he says, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, I'm better than you. I will take you out. No, he says, what have you to do with me, Jesus? Most high, I implore you. By God, do not torment me. That's what he says to him. Now you'd say, well, he's not messing with Jesus. No, he's not messing with Jesus because Jesus knew who he was, right? Jesus was God. I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of, of an up on us. But when you know who you are and you know who's on your side, Jesus Christ, that's what the enemy will do to you too. He won't mess with you. He will say, Jew, please go away from me because he knows God just like you know God. Well, he knows God too. He doesn't know him like you know him. But he knows him and he's afraid. And if you know who you are and you know who's on your side, that's how he'll mess with you. A lot of times we forget who we are. We could, we could get reminded every week, every day. Someone could call you on the phone. Hi, this is Stephen. I just want to remind you, Nate, that you're a child of God. You're a, you're, um, the Holy Spirit is inside you. You're a you're worship leader here at church. Don't ever give in to the enemy. You are an amazing man of God. God loves you. you know, if we did this every day to everybody, maybe that would help, but we would still forget who we are. If you remember who you are and you remember who Jesus is... He won't mess with you, but he does. He does mess with Christians all the time. Jesus tells Peter in an instant one time, Peter's this great guy. He's a rock. You're a rock, Peter. You're awesome. You're like one of the greatest disciples. You're, you're amazing. You're at my right hand all the time. Get behind me, Satan. That's what he said to Peter at one point. I don't know if Satan like overtook him for a moment. I don't know how it happened, but get he called him Satan. He called his friend Satan. Jesus, the devil messed with him. The devil messed with Judas a lot. God called him. Jesus called him the son of the devil. He said that the devil entered him at one point. Paul even warns us to be careful that the devil doesn't get a hold of you. He says, he says this. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Ooh. My anger, he says, if you let the sun go down on your anger, you give place to the devil. That, that makes me ask the question, if a little thing like not making up with my wife at night before I go to bed, just by saying, forgive me, whatever, right? It's just a little thing like that, if you don't, if you let, if you don't let the, if you let the sun go down, if the devil gives, you give place to the devil with that, what else gives place to the devil that seems much, much more worse that we do? You know what I'm saying? 
You know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? We will encounter him if we are part of the ministry of Jesus. We will encounter the enemy. He will come around. He will mess with you. And if you know who you are and you know who Jesus is, you know the power of his name, you know the power of the cross, you know the word of God. It's like a sword that you use. The sword that there was, that word that uses sword of the spirit there is the same word as the fighting sword, the sword that's up close, the up close combat. Da, 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 da. I'm getting animated because I want to keep your attention and I want you to understand what I'm saying. It's not because I'm crazy, although I am, I think I'm a bit crazy, but I so want people not to miss this. I feel it's my burden that I must get that across to you. We'll encounter them. I've seen demons manifest. Maybe you have too. You've been, missions trips are infamous for this happening because in other countries, people understand the spiritual world much stronger and they must be more uh, vocal. And I've seen, and I don't want to talk about stories and scare you or whatever because it's not about that today. It's about Jesus. But I've seen them talk through people. I've seen them throw people down. And I've seen... 12-year-olds say to the demon, <laughs> to the scary person, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Not even very strongly. They just know that's what they're, and then the demon's gone. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in America. I've seen it happen. We, take, we used to take a trip every year to New York to different boroughs of, in different neighborhoods and pray for people. And I saw demons manifest all the time and be gone in, 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 in a moment. Jesus would say, big deal. Don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. That's what he was telling Peter. Peter, don't get so excited. I saw them fall from heaven. Don't be so excited that they're subject to you. Be excited <laughs> that you're going to heaven. Your name is written in the book and that you're my child and that we're together. Remember who you are. That's all he says, which leads me to the last, and we're finished with this. Would you want to come up and play some organ music? I wish you had organ on there. <laughs> Would make this point so much better. Hey, Amen. I will. I will. If I hear the organ, I'm getting animated. You thought I was animated already. The last catastrophic miscalculation I'll bring up today has to do with the behind the scenes. Yes, it's an eerie, scary in some ways, behind the scenes of the enemy is, oh, I don't like it, but the behind the scenes, there's something much more great happening, and it's called the name of Jesus died on a cross for your sins 2,000 years ago, and for every sin that you'll ever do, Jesus went to hell. He went, got the keys to death while he was dead. Read it in the Bible. Brought him back. And then says, in your face, devil, not making light of this at all, but in your face, I am going to rise from the dead now, just like I said I was, and he does. And now today, all we must do is remind the enemy of what else was happening behind the scenes. Number four, the last one is the spirits and the devil are no match for the spirit of God that is in you, that is in us, in the name of Jesus that is with us. Oh, that was a long one. 
If you want to hear it again, go to the podcast and listen again because you probably need to hear it again. I got to finish the story. I don't want to leave the guy demon-possessed. So verse 8, Matthew, Mark chapter 5, the guy's screaming, please. And I don't get this part completely. I'm not going to explain it today. Ask Randy. Ask Derek. Maybe he knows why he sent him in the pigs. But it says, could come out of the man unclean spirit. You notice that Jesus doesn't say in Jesus' name, come out, because he's Jesus. <laughs> he's like, just come out. And we probably could do that too, but I would always make sure to say Jesus. I want to get Jesus in there. And then he asked him, what is your name? Which is like pretty bold, but Jesus is bold. And he's answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Remember, there is a third of the angels that will hurl the earth. And he also begged him earnestly, verse 10, that he would not send him out of the country. Why didn't, why didn't Jesus just send him out of the country? Send him to like Australia. There was probably no one living in Australia yet. Now, a large herd of swine were feeding nearby. I looked this up, and swine means pig. Okay. Near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter them. At once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit immediately went out and entered the swine. And there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down off into the sea and drowned. Yes, the devil and the spirits are powerful. They're real. They do attack believers. They do try, but they're easily defeated. All you must do my brothers and my sisters. I'm waiting for the organ music. All we must do, all we must do is remind them of their future and remind them of what they have. We don't even have to win the victory. The victory was won. Would you stand with me today? The victory was won for us. They love to imagine that they're winning, but they're not. They've already lost. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads? And make sure you're, you're serious with Jesus today. You're like, oh, now i got to make sure of it. If you're here in the room today, I guess it would, be a, it would be a missed opportunity if you're here today and you didn't raise your hand earlier. And, and maybe this isn't always the goal of a Sunday morning. Well, it's always the goal that someone re receives Jesus. But I wanted to instruct you. But if you're here today and you're like, man, I got to be real. I'm not real with Jesus yet. Jesus, would you be real in my life? Just wave your hand and put it right back down again. Anybody that needs to do that still. Would you all say this prayer with me? Because we're all in the same boat now. We all know Jesus. Amen. We all know what he is in our lives. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. Say this with me. There's nothing special about my prayer. But there is something special about that name, your name, the name of Jesus. And don't just say it like a golfer, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There's something about your name. I pray today that I would always understand and realize and know the authority I have with you. But I wouldn't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. 
But I rejoice, and I am thankful, and I am grateful that you know me, and that you've let me know you. I promise. You don't have to say this, but I'll say it for you. I promise Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.